Want to learn the secrets of clienteling and building customer loyalty? Then you can't miss this episode. Hello everyone, this is Veronica Costello and you're listening to Talk Commerce. I'm thrilled to be here with you for our 200th episode. To celebrate, we have a very special show lined up. My co-hosts today are Brent Peterson and Madeline Anderson and our guest is Casey Drake from India to discuss the power of clienteling. I'm sure they'll have loads of practical tips to share. Brent will of course be interviewing our guest per usual. No doubt he'll be testing out more of his jokes from his free joke project. We'll see if they've improved at all over the last 200 episodes. But before we dive in, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you lost in the content creation chaos? Struggling under the burden of high costs and complications? Does the thought of regular content posting make you break out in hives? We feel your pain, but don't despair. Your content hero has arrived. Introducing Content Basis, delivering unparalleled content creation and scheduling solutions crafted specifically for your audience and needs. Harnessing the power of AI, we efficiently deliver on-point content every time. Our US-based team meticulously reviews each piece, ensuring authenticity and precision. We value your unique voice and insights. You direct the final shape while we handle ideation to execution. With auto-scheduling, your content always finds its audience. And with bi-weekly check-ins, our strategies sync with your vision. At Content Basis, we're your dedicated ally in the content battlefield. From ideation to posting, we've got your content journey covered. Visit contentbasis.io and say goodbye to content chaos today. That's contentbasis.io. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. Welcome to this special client-telling Partner Corner episode with Endear. I have my co-hosts today, Mandolin Anderson and Casey Drake from Endear. Casey, go ahead, uh, do an introduction for yourself and uh, one of your passions in life. Yeah. Hi, I'm Casey Drake. I'm the VP of sales at Endear. So uh, thankfully, I get to partner with Madeline every day. Um I, my passion in life, I would say is entertaining people. I love trying to make people laugh, trying to make people be interested in something. I have a YouTube channel. So, uh, yeah, I'd say my passion and hobby outside of work, uh, is entertaining people. It's nice to be here. I'm excited. Yeah. And mine is the opposite. I tell jokes that people are just like, oh my God, I have to go somewhere else. Um, yeah. That's still opposite. entertaining though. Yeah. For some people. It's client telling, I think. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. It's the leave. exact opposite. <laughs> making people leave. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm the perfect <laughs> uh, um, uh, host who would drive people out of the restaurant. Was anything okay today? Um, all right. So I'm, I, uh, as we dive into here, I, I, uh, you, you have so graciously volunteered for the Free Joke Project. So I'm just going to tell you a joke, and all you have to do is say, should this joke be free or should we charge for it? So here we go. 
I scanned a customer in the eyes with a barcode scanner when they were being totally rude to me. You should have seen the look on their face. It was priceless. <laughs> I, I actually kind of like that one. Apart from the fact that like barcode scanners like are such a thing of the past. But outside of that, that's a, I like that one. Although I, d- I just don't think I've seen a barcode scanner in, in years even. But would Maybe you pay for it? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Uh, yeah, I'd pay for that. Wow. What would you, what would you call would pay the for scanner like at Costco when they, when they do your little box? What would you call that? That I guess that counts as a barcode scanner. I think of like the gun in my yeah. head, which is like the, you don't see those that often. Right. Although I love using them at the self-checkouts. That's my yeah. favorite part of self-checkout right. is when you get to that. That is fantastic. Brent, is that a first? It's... A first for um, somebody would pay for your joke? No, there's other. there have been other payments. I mean, I've literally made pennies doing this. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's a um, good joke. All right. wow. and, and I, you know, I, I do fully admit that the uh, delivery was not great on that one. So anyway, so. Let's uh, uh, let's not uh, dilly dally, as we like to say. But let's first hear a word from our sponsor, who today is in dear. In the ever evolving retail landscape, one platform is changing the game, ushering in a retail renaissance that puts relationships at the forefront. Welcome to Endear. Endear is a CRM built for omni-channel brands, empowering them with the consumer data to deliver a personalized, efficient customer experience that drives sales and retention. Imagine a tool that intuitively understands your customers' needs, giving your brand a remarkable edge. Don't believe us? Geronimo from Rebag says, I've used every CRM from Salesforce down, and Endear is the best one I've found for us. With Endear, your team isn't just selling products and crafting stories that resonate, nurturing connections that last. It's not just a CRM. It's a tool that empowers your sales associates to make personalized connections, bridging brands and customers like never before. Ready to redefine retail clienteling with a platform trusted by hundreds of omni-channel brands around the globe? Request your Endear demo today and enter a future of enriched connections and unparalleled customer loyalty. And I got to use that cool music. Right. <laughs> that was a, and that's a great commercial too, that um, it was recorded by somebody at Endear. So very excited. Uh, so Casey, we're going to talk about client telling today. Um, and at this point, I, I would like to just say, is, is there also a client told as part of that? But I'll let you talk about <laughs> client telling. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to get the <laughs> energy I've... up. I'm trying to, I, honestly, I'm, I was still trying to work through the client told client telling piece, but I got there eventually in my head. So, sorry. Tell us, so let's talk about client telling. Let's start with what the heck does that mean? Yeah. Client telling, what does that mean? It's a good question because even on a show called Talk Commerce, a lot of people that I talk to every day in the retail world are still like, uh, like what? does clienteling mean? Or people will even say it this way. How do you guys define clienteling? Which is a very funny thing to ask a company in that way that just says what they do is clienteling. I think very simply, clienteling is the word we've given to describe the sales actions in retail. 
it's proactive sales outbound activity in retail. So it is when you are making sure that customer has the above and beyond experience and that they love their product when they get it home. And then they know when you get new products in and are informed about the different ways to buy that product. All of the activities that come into play with making sure someone can get across that finish line of a sale, that I think is what clienteling is. So a lot of times I just call it sales. Like it's the re- it's retail's fancy word for sales. Can you talk a little bit about like the idea of clienteling is not new. The way that we use it in Deer or how yeah how it it's works at Deer is probably a little bit different. But can you talk about how it's evolved throughout time? Maybe where how how it started, um, how they used it in the early days or what it looked like, and then how it's evolved into what we do at Deer. Yeah, so it's I like to use the reference of marvelous Miss Maisel. So in like the first season, first like episode, I think by the end of the first, she's almost done with this. But in the first season of Marvelous Miss Maisel, she is working. And if you haven't seen the show, you should go watch it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. She is working as a uh, in a retail store in like the 50s, 60s era. And that is where clienteling came from. It was these ladies working on these retail floors, usually not paid any like wage. They didn't get any sort of hourly wage. They were paid what they could sell, a commission of what they could sell. And so it was a cutthroat world on these Nordstrom floors and these Macy's floors, especially makeup departments were the big one. Um, And it was really like what we refer to in the more common sales world as like a Rolodex salesperson. So who do you know? What do you know about them? Kind of having every contact in a book people called it their little black book and like would keep it under lock and key because that's how valuable that thing was. Um, And and that's really where clienteling started from. You walk in, they know your, your name, they know exactly what you like to buy. They have a cocktail waiting for you. The works sort of giving you that incredible service as that luxury VIP person you are. There's also an episode of Gilmore Girls as I'm rewatching Gilmore Girls for the fourth time. Emily walks into some department store and is swarmed by sales associates. And they're like, we have the new crystal from China. And would, would Richard like this new collection of suits? And like that she's just going around the store and she can't get five feet without a different woman, like a different department store head saying like, hello, Emily, we would like to blah, blah, blah. And it sure makes you feel fancy. I can imagine. I've never isn't, had that. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> Isn't it crazy compared to, I was going to say, I don't think that you've never had that because of you though. That is just like retail today is the exact opposite, right? You walk in and it's like almost hard to get someone to come have a conversation with you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that it's gone. We've had an arc, you know, where it's gone from high customer service, high, high touch points to a point in which you don't want to do anything. They don't even want to talk to you half the time. And now clienteling is bringing that idea back into it where, hey, you know, the customer is very important in our, as a, as a business, right? And, and that clienteling piece of it now, although not new, is new to a lot of people. Totally. Yeah. I think really like two things has happened is I think, you know, people say it all the time, but COVID was a huge 
sort of like a resetting point, I think, for a lot of brands who had been just like up, 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 up and skyrocketing and retail was, you know, going through the roof and didn't show any signs of stopping. I think COVID was a reset point on loyalty as a whole. I think it like taught a lot of these brands what real loyalty is and these points programs they had and what they previously thought was loyalty turned out to really not be loyalty. And when an and I think the second thing with that is brands these days, like you can create a brand in, in like months, you know, like you could create an entire brand from scratch with great imaging. If you have the, enough money, an awesome website, great imaging, incredible products in months. And the fact that that competition can kind of, the barrier to entry there is so low now has also been a little bit of a reset on the what brands consider loyalty, which is the reason I think clienteling has brought its way back to the forefront as of recently. Yeah, talk a little yeah. bit about it's that way mix more... between um, the loyalty of of just getting points online to the loyalty of a customer in your store to actually working on marketing to that person uh, with more of an outbound effort, right? I think clienteling is more than just collecting points and hoping they'll redeem them. It's more of a, I would like you to, I, I, I as a salesperson care about you. Here's something outbound or some value that I'm giving you uh, asynchronously, asynchronously even. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I always like to say that your, your associates are, they are like the personality of your brand. If you have stores, the people that work in your store, they, for better or worse, and I think a lot of brands out there would probably be scared to hear that statement because they'd be like, oh no. And like, they really probably do need to do a better job hiring and a better job training and valuing these people that work in their stores. Because, you know, we will talk to some brands sometimes that are a little hesitant to give them their, their teams a tool like Endear. And I will say to them, you know, these people are standing in your stores talking to your customers every day. Like when your customer sees your brand on the sign, sees your name on the door and walks through the door, the next person they meet and who they associate your brand with is that person. So like that piece of it, the clienteling piece of it is the personality is where I think you get most of the, the real loyalty, the attachment, because then you're like, you know, let's say you love your associate at the Lululemon store. And I'm just going to use this example quickly about one of our clients who I think is taking a lot of customers off of Lululemon, Aloe Yoga. If you love your associate at the Lululemon store, and let's just go a step further and say you even know that she actually gets a little bit of credit because of how much you shop with her. When Aloe Yoga comes out with a maybe better product at a better price that is now the cool hip thing that everybody's wearing and Lulu's no longer that product, your attachment to that specific associate is going to be maybe the only reason you're not going to go start shopping at Aloe Yoga. And that's the big point there with clienteling. Um, going back to department stores and the, the, the size of them and the amount of people that shop there, maybe the typical like salesperson who works there. Like, can you talk a little bit about the difference of uh, clienteling from a Diane von Furstenberg or Anita Bing versus like 
getting, well, you'd never get clientele by somebody from Target. Let's start there. But like, could could there be a world where I get clientele? I went to Macy's this weekend and I had to get something or I had to, I went to Nordstrom's. Um, is there ever a world where that could work? Where that like happens again? Um, or are you saying more the lower price point side of where things? Or like the, the size of the company, like Dan von Furstenberg uh, is, a, I mean, they only have one store. They have an online store too. Um, but Nordstrom has thousands of stores. I don't know. Probably not. Totally. Thousands. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, those bigger department stores are, are probably the only ones really still trying to push clienteling. Um, and I think that's honestly the nature of the nature of how they like hire and how they, they, they are very much driven on commission at those kind of stores. And so they are, they're pushing clienteling in that sort of way you could say. But I think the, the brands where it works the best at are, are to be quite honest, the, the designers, right? I mean, the design, when the designer has their name on the window and then can put people that they love who are passionate about that name into the store and then in communication with the, the people that shop there, that's what it all, that's like the, I think the prime, prime clienteling. They're going to care a little bit more about keeping in touch with that customer. Whereas somebody who I talked to at Nordstrom where I bought one pair of socks, they're not going to really it's, care. It's a salesperson at Endear versus a salesperson at Salesforce. Both, yeah. both, both want to make money and both want to do well to make money. The salesperson at Endear has a, I would like to hope, a like intrinsic like passion for the company. And so they want to do well for the brand as well, even beyond just making money. I think it's super interesting that that like so the the small boutique stores have this corner on customer service where in the past the big stores were seen as the the department store was the boutique right each little, each of those little stores yep. within department that's the whole idea of a department store and we've really lost that and wouldn't be wouldn't it be interesting if Target were to do something like encourage their salespeople to actually sell which would is sort of in line with what you think about going to target talk a little bit about how um small brands in this space can compete against a big brand even if that you know that big brand is boutique or or you know uh has one store that that and their 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 focus is customer service yeah i i think that the the way that those small brands sort of compete best is by adopting the newest newest technologies from what i've seen is like the the bigger brands just have to be so slow to move that if you can move quick and adopt these technologies at like a a much faster pace and really like test and try new things that i think is the most effective way to fight back against the the bigger brands and then also you just have this ability to provide the higher level service did I answer that correctly, or do you ask that the other way around? No, I think I think you're right there. I think um, um, okay. that, that's a good way to look at it. Um, it 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 does get harder as you get bigger to try to scale that same customer service. Which, if you look at you know something like a Hilton or one of the service brands, that's their whole goal, right? At scale, that they have this sort of high customer service, but across the entire world. 
Um, do you think there's a disconnect why they, that can't be done in retail anymore? I think it all comes down. I think retail is going through a bit of a phase of trying to figure out like how to correctly incentivize and like goal themselves in this new digital world. If that makes sense. I think it's going to like, we're, we need to reset the way we are goaling ourselves in retail. And I'll give you a couple examples. So one example would be oftentimes when I talk to retail brands, their e-com team and their retail stores or their like in-store team are the, each other's biggest competitor. And the reason is because like the e-com team's goal is e-com sales driven. The retail team's goal is in-store sales driven. If that sale goes to the other place, like now I've lost that sale. So like there, that should not exist anymore. If you want your brand to be omni-channel, the goal can't be channel specific. So that's like one big thing I think that always comes up in the sense of like uh, getting this customer service to scale. I actually think retail is perfectly set up for it. And again, if we can goal in the correct way and we can get our sort of incentives figure out, because the way that Hilton is able to pull that off and the way that other franchises are able to pull that off is they sort of like locations themselves. We do this inherently in Endear. And I think it's what helps brands sort of adopt Endear and grow and sort of have this like evangelism for Endear is if you set up your store as sort of a team and then you have that team competing and comparing themselves to other teams that are doing the same things as them. That's how you get that to scale. Cause then you just, you don't have a massive organization trying to provide the best possible customer service. You have a hundred 10 person organizations trying to give the best possible customer service to their local audience right there, which is like, that's why Hilton's great wherever you go is because they're comparing themselves against the other Hilton's everywhere else you go. And Hilton is like encouraging that better performance. If you're a good Hilton, you get up the list. If you're a bad Hilton, you go, stores need to do that more rather than being like, retail's doing good, online's doing good. It's like, no, let's break that down into the teams within that bucket. There's a hundred different stores. Maybe retail's doing good, but I'm sure a hundred of all hundred of your stores aren't doing great. Um, sp speaking more on that, like web marketing slash retail marketing or, um, is there a difference between retail marketing versus clienteling? Um, it's a great question because a lot of what we do within Deer, I think people might call like a retail retail marketing. I think there is a difference. And I think the difference is retail marketing is a broader message in my mind sent from the store. And that's not exactly clienteling necessarily. Though I would not argue with you if you bucketed it there. I wouldn't be, I would not like, this wouldn't be the hill that I would die on. I think you could, you could argue that retail marketing is like a piece of clienteling in a way. Um, or I would hope that the way people retail market is really like, I would describe it as like your marketing team helping your store team with their clienteling. At least that's how I think of retail marketing. It's like the marketing team just sending messages kind of on behalf of the store, if you will. So one is personal, one is through a, like Clavio or attentive or through an endear through an endear. I think the big P yeah. I think if it's going through Clavio or attentive, it's, it's 
pretty pure marketing. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't buy when marketing teams say they are trying to like drive store foot traffic and drive because oftentimes they're just not, again, back to the goals and incentives. I'm a big goals and incentives guy. They're not incentivized that way. And they're not gold that way. They're gold on how many clicks did they get? How many sit conversions came off those clicks? So like they could say that they also send foot traffic to the store, but it's so hard to track that number that I know none of them are really like valuing that as much as they are the, how many conversions did we drive? Mm-hmm. And that could be seen. Brett, were you the, saying something? Yeah. The, the, the one is impersonal and one is personal. Like one is the marketing is, isn't as personalized as the, as the clienteling could be. And you'd really person once you get the more granular and you're down to one to one, you know, client to salesperson, you're very personal. And that, that in that journey and that experience can be very personal. Where, where I think the, the sort of Venn diagrams overlap, if you will, is Here's a great example, events. So I think marketing for like events at your store would definitely be considered retail marketing. In my mind, and brands within Deer do this now, you should send like you as a marketing team, you can draft that message. You can decide the audience that that message should go to. But when that message goes out, it should come from the store. There's just no world in which like, and within Deer, like you can do settings, you know, just little settings where you're like, send it from the last cashier that checked this customer out when they were at the store most recently, or send it from this customer's assigned user. So like, it just has that little, that's what makes a message personal. It doesn't need to be one-on-one. It needs to be written in a conversational tone, come from the place that they shop or the person they shop with. and. Uh, be two-way, be respondable. They need to be able to reply to it and get responses back. I think that's where personal messaging is. It doesn't need to be sent one-on-one. Casey, have you ever gotten personally clienteled by an Endear brand? I have a partner who gets clienteled often by a brand she shops with, but I've never been personally clienteled by anybody. Have you in real life? Uh... I get clienteled to by, um, gosh, I can't even think of the brand, but it's not because I shop with them. It's because like I put my name in there when I was get, helping them get set up. I put my oh. name in there. <laughs> so I get like clienteled uh, by them all the time. Uh, but no, I've never really been clienteled to. I've wanted to. I've tried mm-hmm. to get clienteled to at like uh, competitors brands even sometimes. Uh even some of our brands, I'll be like, yeah, like, you know, you could just put my name in there. And like, I'll be like, <laughs> I don't want to just come out and be like, I work for Endear, send me a message through your app. But I don't think I'm a big enough spender, to be quite honest, is really yeah. what it is. I am for the brands that we work with. I am very much a, you know, target shopper, not a big like fashion guy myself, though. I love the brands we work with. I just can't. I can't bring myself in my fashion brain to, to spend that kind of money on, on clothes all the time. Yeah, me either. I don't know if I'll ever get clientele by any of our friends. <laughs> Allbirds well, on, is my new one I'm hoping for. Oh, yeah. I have a bunch I've, of Allbirds. 
I have stuff from Allbirds, so. Yeah, un- unlike me, who spends literally tens of dollars on my shirts. Um, yeah, so Casey, <laughs> if you same. had a white whale that you'd like to land uh, from a client, who would that be? I I think I would say Faraday. Faraday is like my, I call them great white buffaloes. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Hot Tub Time Machine? No. <laughs> no? I've heard of it. I know, I know what it is. To it. I've, I've heard seen of it. parts of it. So it's great movie, but they call, they say great white buffalo and it's the one that got away. Um, and they're using it to refer to like a, a girlfriend the guy had in high school who like got away. It's like great white buffalo and they like whisper it. So I always say great white buffalo. That's what we refer to it on our sales team. My great white buffalo is Faraday. So we've just like spoken with them a couple of times throughout the years. Uh, and it's one of those brands that like, I'm just in love with every, they're a brand I do shop with fairly often. Um, I'm in love with everything they make. They're a men's brand, which is rare. We usually work with most, like most of the brands we work with are focused on the women's side of things. And they're like primarily a men's brand. And like their founders are these two twins that are these surfer guys that like one, I think went to Harvard. It's just everything about them is so cool. Just all the cool, they check off all the cool boxes, you know? If you were in North Dakota, you would call it um, your white bison. My great white bison. 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 Yep. That's what, because of you know NDSU. What, they Brent, call it bison you, and not bison. Do you know what the what the buffalo said to his kid when he sent him off for college? I should. <laughs> I've said this joke before. Go ahead, tell me. Yeah, uh, thank you very bison. much. Um, this is our 200th episode, so I do feel like we should just go on a whole spree of jokes. Uh, so since we're, we're we're nearing the end, <laughs> um, but joking aside, uh, I did I did go to my yoga class uh, yesterday, and the yoga instructor was very drunk. They put me in a very awkward position. <laughs> there, you go, there you go. That's a good one. It's okay. I don't get the joke. You see, I was awkward at a yoga position. class, and they were drunk, and they put me in an awkward position. Not because they were drunk, oh, like, because they put me in an awkward position. So, see, these are the okay. best jokes, and you have to explain have... them. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. I got one more button to push. <laughs> Wait, let me see what this one does. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's that the perfect better. one. You should have used that. There we, now we know for next time. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. I apologize. Fun fact. In I did advance. it. I did a talent show when I was in uh, fifth grade and I was the MC of the talent show and I had one friend on stage sit with me and I would tell jokes and then point at him and he had a snare drum and a cymbal and he would manually do the, <laughs> it was That's ridiculous. Great. And I'm just not even surprised that you did that in fifth grade. Not at all. Yeah. Started um, young, Madeline. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, if you had some advice to give a retailer um, that wanted to get better at clienteling, what would that be? Um, get, if you are not, I'd say step one is like, figure out your data. Like you need your, any platform you're going to use is only going to be as good as the data that's going into it. Um, now the beauty of Endear, not to pitch hard here is 
we know that and we put like so much time and effort into that piece of the process and kind of helping you figure out your data. So if you're like, oh, now I just listened to this whole podcast and I can't even use this because my data is not figured out. No, no, no. That's the step where you're supposed to talk to us. So come talk to us. We could help you figure out your data. But to get really going with clienteling, you need to have like a good understanding of when it's working. That's the biggest piece is people will just be like, oh, it's just like texting and emailing with customers. I can get started doing that. But if you don't connect the dots and you don't make sure that when you start this process, you're going to be able to know if it's working and you're going to have that sort of like model in place for seeing when a sale happened because of clienteling, it's never going to work. Nothing Again, goals and incentives, nothing works if it doesn't have a number or something that you can see that is sort of like a reward for you as you do it because it's more work. That's what you're, you're asking your, your team to put in more effort and you, you know, the sort of smaller benefits will pay off there. So I would say, get your data figured out and then make sure you have a way to track and reward and incentivize off of it. Yeah. And it should be, I mean, that, that, I mean, you should be collecting that data at the top of your funnel, right? And I think client telling is going to be farther down in the funnel that this is, should be something that is marketing 101, the measure, measure, measure. Uh, if you don't do that, you're just really just shooting, shooting at uh, whatever. You're just do, trying to do something that you don't know what your goal is and what your outcome should be. So that's the thing with, so with a lot of retail stores, that's, so that's what I mean with retail. When I say the biggest problem is figuring out how to incentivize and goal in the right way is I think e-commerce has figured that out for the most part, because there's so much data in e-commerce and there's so like you guys have an unbelievable, I'm saying you guys, because I know, uh, Brent, you focus on the e-commerce side, I think in a lot of the, your past life, uh, you guys have an unbelievable number of acronyms to describe different numbers and goals and metrics that you're tracking. Retail has none of that. So like on the physical retail side, clienteling and using a platform like Endear or, or something like us is like your first foray into putting some numbers and tracking behind this. Because before that, everything is just like, how many sales did you ring up at your POS that day? And that was pretty much it. Yeah. And I, I feel like um, there should so be an entire a- show just oh. about acronyms. We should do an acronym show. Yeah. We um, list them all. Quickly before we wrap, Casey actually does provide an acronym um, slideshow or notion page for new and dear members of all the acronyms you'll need to know um, in HubSpot and retail world. It's very helpful. Maybe you could gate that and before. (laughs) Yeah. Because before you know it, I think we have a, a blog. I think I wrote a blog once upon a time, actually, if you go on the Endear blog, I know I'm I'm not at my plug spot yet, but if you go on the Endear blog and you look up uh, retail acronyms, I think we made one before. We might not have ever published that, but we should make one. You're totally right. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of wrapping and plugging, um, at the end of the podcast, we give everybody an opportunity to do a shameless plug. So do you have something you would like to mention? Yes. When it, do we know when this is coming out? Is this tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow. I think. Well, Madeline will be happy about this because it's a project we're working on together. I would love to plug our uh, webinar we have on 
Wednesday. Uh, help me. Wednesday. Thank you. Wednesday yep. at 1, 2 p.m. Well, uh, it's at 2 Eastern time. Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can, we will drop the link uh, somewhere. Maybe Brent will be kind enough to put it in the description here. You can register for our webinar. We're going to be joined by Shopify and Psycho Bunny and chatting about sort of Psycho Bunny's story of getting set up within Deer Shopify, that whole process. And then the yes. other thing I'll plug is my YouTube channel, Casey, Casey from Indeer on YouTube. Follow me and subscribe. He posts really great content. And then one more thing about the webinar is if you don't, if you listen to this podcast after Wednesday, October 25th, um, we will keep the webinar on our website so you can still find it. And I'll put it on my YouTube channel. So look at that. Yeah. Kind of all uh, full circle for you guys. There. All right. And I, I guess I will make sure all those uh, notes get on. And it is endearhq.com to find you yes, or sir. find Endear. And we will put all the additional show notes in the show notes, all the links in the show notes. All right. This has I been have, fun. Can I, can I end on, can I ask yep. one question uh, Go. from you, Brent? Yes. What is, what has been, this podcast is a little new for you, right? Or newer? Or, oh, wait, no, we're on episode 200. Okay, so in 200, 200 episodes, what has been your favorite memory? Is this going to be too hard to do on the spot? Wow, that's exciting. Um, let's see, my favorite <laughs> memory. I, I think it's always, I don't have one specific one that, uh, that I can point to, uh, except for a month ago, I had did an episode with my daughter, and that was fun. Um, but I think that it's always great to learn something new and, and really have a client or an uh, interviewee who will express and, and help you learn about something. I always see this as a learning activity, just like clienteling. I didn't know what clienteling really meant before, that this should be something that somebody gets out of it. Not a sales pitch, but something you were learning about the industry, and then as a just a short follow up, you we you follow up with some action that you can take from it. It's not just theory, right? Like, like there's some things that we've learned today that the client can take away and and do, or even think about saying, "Oh, you know, what? maybe in my at my retail, it's not as good as it could be. Let's try this, something like that." But thanks. That's awesome. great. Thanks for that. Uh, good. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, I was be... curious. 200 episodes. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So this will be out tomorrow. And uh, I'll have to get editing work quickly. Although I'm in Hawaii and I've got an extra five hours over you guys or six over Casey. So. <laughs> good for you. Yep. Yeah. So great. it'll be thanks. out tomorrow, but it'll it'll be like uh, 5 p.m. our time. And he'll be like, I got it out <laughs> at one. <laughs> uh thank you guys Drake, it's been such a great uh great conversation and i thank you so much for being here and madeline it was been another great episode of the endear partner corner yeah yeah thanks now we so need much. a jingle Hit the buttons <laughs> <Ooh. Bye. laughs> Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts.
We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com. Quality at 